0: Following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, yeah! Let's go, Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for... The break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break with Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton.
1: Hello, guys. Welcome back to Cowboys Break. I'm Amber Garcia. Derek is not here today, but we have Nick Eatman and David Hellman.
2: He leads the league in, in absences oh, yeah. for the guy that runs the whole thing. You know, that's all I'm saying.
1: He's maybe in a position one. where he can do whatever True. he wants.
2: That's, wonderful. Maybe that's, that's a wonderful point. When you don't have to ask for permission to miss, yeah, I guess you can miss.
3: <laughs> oh, I, I, I took it a different way. I took it because he's running the things that maybe he's
2: got. You know? Oh, he's got. He's got. I mean, yeah, I'm sure the things he's doing command demand a lot of. I bet you he attention. doesn't
3: keep track of that. Now he keeps track of how many years, how many episodes, how right. many seasons. But like absences, no, don't do that. That's
1: okay. No, no. Well, he's not on vacation yet. He's he's taking care of some oh, he business is working. with the Probably league. Watching. Yes. Hi. <laughs> hey, Derek. Hola. Well, um, before we start talking about everything that we have to talk about on this show, there's something I need to address because I've never seen Dave wear such a bright color before. So I might need some sunglasses here. He's wearing some bright chicken yellow.
2: Look school spirit is great and fun and wonderful school bus. But it'll get you yeah school bus it'll get you in trouble sometimes um lsu played southern miss in the college baseball playoffs this weekend and one of our wonderful pr guys joe trahan went to southern miss it was only natural that we do a t-shirt bet i guess i'm actually wearing a polo but uh they beat us. They kind of. I mean, the game. The games were close, but like Southern Miss was way better than than LSU. They handed it to us. They've
3: got their their color schemes are black and gold. I mean, sure, there's a lot right. of black. Literally. Shirts, but so no, yeah. No, no, no. If
2: you're not watching, <laughs> it's just like the most neon yellow polo. He he brought it over to my office this morning, and I was like, it, yeah. you couldn't have given me a black shirt with like a gold logo. No, it's all it's yellow. That <laughs> which I was joking before the show. Like if y'all had won. Uh, I mean, I that that's what I was about to say. Is like LSU's color scheme is obnoxious. Like you're gonna be wearing gold or purple. I'm not gonna let you wear a white shirt. No, so. you gotta wear the purple. Yeah, purple. Yeah, yeah Probably make him wear the broadest jersey. Oh, yeah, the broadest. <laughs> I still do. I got my broadest sugar bowl jersey. I mean, that's, it's a moot point now because we funny. lost. But yeah, so I have to wear this all day.
3: I, I swear, I don't know how many sports are like this, but like, well, I guess every Olympic sport really. But but when you get to the like to the end. Where, like, everyone gets excited about college baseball, and then during the year, it's like, uh, oh, you know, I, I'm not, yeah. not even sure. I mean, you do. You follow it. I kind of follow my team. But for
2: the most part, well, college baseball just, like, jumps onto the scene, and it's like, oh. But this, the funny thing is, I would say, unless you care, there like there's, like, there's 25 schools that care. It's like the SEC mm-hmm. really – I noticed this a long time ago. Like, it follows the coast. Like, it's the California and Arizona schools, the Southern schools, and then, yeah, some of the schools in ACC country. Nobody else gives a damn. And I was at my favorite sports bar watching the games over the weekend, and even, like, With all these games on and stuff, like, half the people in the bar were like, what's this guy freaking out about? Like, oh, oh, that dumb baseball game that's over in the corner TV that nobody's paying (laughs) attention to. That you had to to ask the bartender. That I had to ask the bartender to put on. Yeah, Yeah, so even in the middle of the tournament, not very many people care. But... It's a lot of fun.
1: Well, since we are talking about baseball, let's just go ahead and and discuss what happened last night with the Home Room Derby that the Cowboys do That's a quality
2: segue right there. That's good good hosting right
1: there. (laughs) (laughs) It happened last night. This is something that the Cowboys do every year uh, to donate some money. And, you know, they had a lot of fun. I saw a lot of smiles going around. It's always a fun event for the Cowboys and the players. And just wanted to... Talk about some of the things that, that came out of that. The players do talk to the media, so what would be?
3: Well, before any of the players talking to the media, what? It, the same thing that happened last year during the season happened there. I mean, Micah Parsons is better than everyone else, and it doesn't matter what you're doing, and he's going to, he's going to do whatever it takes to beat you. Okay. Not only did he, Micah Parsons... this is this is for this is the Reliant Home Run Derby. Uh, the, all the money goes to Salvation Army. Uh, they raised what eighty one thousand
2: dollars. On, yes, eighty one grand. And then 000. I think. The media had their own, and they raised. Well, like, Kyle Yeomans was swinging. Kyle away. Yeomans raised some money, man. That <laughs> Kyle guy was, just he was mashing.
3: Kyle just stopped me before I got down here to, to tell me that he should have. They he should his check should have been higher. They cheated him out of. Sure, but, of course like, he did. whatever. Anyways, uh, and I believe him because he was he was hit. I will say,
2: like I mean, he hyped himself up as a nice as a nice hitter, and he like I I got no complaints. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, like you're 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 good at this. Yeah, he good was. He he did a nice job.
3: Um, he just used the regular bats that, that were provided. And all the other hitters, except Micah, did that. Micah took a few swings and said, this is not going to work. He sends a guy down to, to Dick Sporting Goods. I hope they're a sponsor. And buys a $500 bat. Comes back. And then, as they're introducing the players, you saw this. They're introducing the players. Here, here's Jordan Lewis. Here's Anthony Brown and Mike Micah Apart. Mike is in the cage swinging, taking more reps,
2: more reps. And so we're like, All And right. literally, my favorite part of that was well, I mean, you know, Kyle does this for a living. He does play by play, he knows how to work on a microphone. And like, he's doing, he's like, he had 13 sacks last season and, and he was the rookie of the year. Like, introducing him, very showmany. And, like, Micah starts to leave the cage to wave to the crowd. And then, like, you saw he had a moment where he was like, oh, I've got, like, six more seconds before he's done introducing me. He went back in the (laughs) cage, took another swing, and then came out and said hi to everybody.
3: So... So just just so everyone knows, there's I don't know how how where's the where, the fence they brought in three two hundred and seventy five yards something or feet. Mid- I mean middle it, middle yeah.
2: of the outfield. Yeah, so yeah,
3: that's that's the home run. Of course, this is a minor league park, and it's a you know
2: two hundred and fifty feet yeah. something like that probably.
3: So Micah actually hit two regular home runs, and one of them went
2: out of the stadium, went out of the entire park. The so to say, he knocked it out of the park. He literally he, did. that's I tweeted that I was like, he hit it out of the park. I'm not talking about the playing field. He hit it out of the baseball stadium. So it's Rough Riders Stadium here in Frisco. It's a minor league park. Left the left field wall is 364 feet, and then there's a berm yeah. with like a concourse behind it, and then the the gate that leads to the to the street is probably another. It's probably 50 feet behind the wall, right? So he hits it over the wall, and it what it did was it skipped on the concrete concourse and bounced over the fence. I couldn't believe it. Like, how many Rough Riders <laughs> players have ever done that? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it happens every week, but I've seen either a lot.
1: way, he's freaking amazing. He's, it and was as impressive far as I me. know, he has not played baseball before. No.
2: He played. In, he said he played in high school. He said he quit playing baseball to run track. Oh, so
1: he <laughs> just, oh, my God. He,
2: he's like, I quit playing baseball so I could run track, and then was good enough at football to be a top well, either fit. way, it's we,
1: something that he doesn't practice. No, no. at all. Well, so, except, for, except
2: for you know a few hours beforehand.
3: And He's so, not great. only did he hit the home run, and only Micah could do that. Micah ran the bases. <laughs> he ran the bases. He tried to run it again, and Dak stopped him. You know, D- Dak and and know, yeah, I love the fact that Dak and and Parsons have a little you know the back and forth. Dak and Diggs. Also, you see that at practice some too. I think it's the whole team. Yeah, but yeah, no, th- for sure. It's a it's a healthy thing, but. They raised a lot. Of money. Micah actually didn't win the event. the The scoring is a little different. Leighton Vanderesh actually won the event. I think he like singled his way to the to the home run derby I champion. Think,
2: I think they goose the numbers so Micah wouldn't be the champion technically. I mean, if he hit the most home runs, he should win. But I guess Leighton raised more money. Yeah, you know, it's
3: about raising money and, and all that. But but. The competitive nature of Micah Parsons is kind of what comes out of this. He is—he has to win. He had to do that. There was no doubt about it. He was going to get the the right bat. He was going to get enough swings. He was enough practice. He was going to win. Hopefully, you know what does this all mean? Hopefully, he's the type of guy that's like, we have to win, you know. And I.
1: So no sophomore slump. I don't. I mean.
3: (laughs) I think Ray Lewis was like yeah. that. I mean, I, I, that's what I, I think. I think he, you know, and yeah. he, from that position, like you could, you, you just have to win. And
1: it's so rare. Like, I haven't been, I mean, I've been here long enough now. I feel like I keep getting older and older, but um, <laughs> it's been long enough for me to see enough players come through mm-hmm. and see how they develop and see the trends that tend to happen with rookies and all that. But since the time I've been here, for sure, I have not seen any other player with the amount of talent that he has not even like when Dak and Z came for the first time in their rookie year and they had that combo going on and all that it's just like what he has is so unusual yeah it's amazing very very impressive but other than that the the media did did speak to the players and all that was there anything that was highlighting that came out of that that you guys were like huh
2: I don't know. Did, did anything like noteworthy come out? That's just from a reporter's perspective. Like that event is so strange because the eight guys participate, or maybe it's even ten, and they bring them over to talk to us in between at bats. So you you get I mean, maybe three yeah. minutes maximum to talk to all these guys. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I guess yesterday was the first time Trayvon's talked. Yeah, a while. and I thought
3: there may be something there to. You know, did we even?
2: He, I mean, he, he, he talked about following up in eleven interception season, but not with any sort of amazing sound bites. Yeah. Um, I think it is funny to note, and I don't think anybody should be surprised. But um, you know, I think the whole conversation about Trayvon. Do you, are you good because you get picks or the, are you bad because you give up play? Like that whole narrative, you can tell it aggravates him. Yeah. Um, he was asked a question about, you know, you, you get picks, but you take chances. And he was like, play. what What? chances? What are you talking about? I play football. I, play football. I don't take chances. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. like you can tell that whole narrative drives him crazy. Uh, but he didn't really give a great soundbite about it. But, it was, yeah, that was interesting.
3: Yeah, I mean, those corners, you know, Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis, Trayvon Diggs, they were all all talking in, about just, you know, that second year with, with Dan Quinn and just being being more consistent. I think big plays, uh, you know, yards after the catch was the one thing that they, they're really going to try to focus on, which that comes down to making the tackle. You know, that's, mm. that I mean, or don't give up the pass in the first place, but, you know, the yards after the catch. I mean, rally to the ball, get there. Um I don't know. I, I kinda got the sense Leighton Vanderesh is in he hadn't really talked to the media much, True. but I, I I feel like I don't know, it's hard to, to put your finger on it. I just I he's you know, he's heard all this stuff. He's been humbled. He has to have been. He thought he was gonna sign an eight million a year deal when free agency started. And, and he looked in
1: a better mood than what I've seen say, lately.
2: There's something different. and I, yeah. yeah. I don't know if it He seemed like he was in a good place. He didn't yeah. seem... which Yeah. I mean, you can't read too much into somebody's entire life by what they say at three minutes at a charity event. But like he, he seemed like a new, he was in a good mood, which like... For us... He's I mean, kind of a salty interview. If he
3: he's, gives Christmas mm. cards to anyone, it's not. An yeah. Like,
2: he <laughs> usually is not very happy doesn't, to see us. Doesn't like him. Doesn't like us, uh, so yeah. I mean, Doesn't,
3: I don't think he hates us. He just, no, like he it's just, just like it's one of those things. Yeah. yeah, but he
2: was. Yeah, he was. He was in a good mood last night. I don't know I mean, what that means. But about to swing and win the win this home run yeah, derby. Won the home run derby. Basically <laughs> stole it. I guess Dak did talk about. Um, oh, yeah. The other news of the week. Dak talked about Dalton Schultz not mm-hmm. being here, but uh, exactly what you would expect. Like you know, this is. The business element of things, Dak said he knew Dalton wasn't going to be here. No big deal. You know these sorts of things happen. You
3: know one thing I've 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 learned about Dak in his interviews is, look at the last thing he says. It's always the. It seems like the last thing that comes out of his mouth is the truth. Well, of, of <laughs> the what, most, the, the closest to being the truth. That or just or just like the best part of the quote, um, you know? Yeah. I mean, he's just talking about it. He's been there. He gets it. And he, we talk all the time and all that. But, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to handle it. Yeah, you know, like yeah, like yeah, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna get this thing figured out. And we, I mean, they got him scouting players and talking to players before the draft. I mean, maybe he's he's over there working contract, which I'm sure they can go up to him and say, "We, you want us to really handle this, Dak? You can actually shave off some of that forty million a year, and you can help pay for it." They'd be <laughs> like, "Oh, well, that's your problem." <laughs> which, in
1: re- in reference for those who might not know, although if you listen to this show, you definitely know yeah. what's going on. But Dalton Schultz is basically holding out for right now, not showing not showing up for these voluntary practices, which are OTAs, and in 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 once of a contract, new contract for yeah. which which again we and we talked about it off the break upstairs and all that. It's just like what are, do you really have any kind of upper hand here whatsoever? No. And we know the Cowboys tend to, for the majority, for the most part, they tend to always take their time. You know, take things like you're not pressuring the Cowboys whatsoever. They're gonna do what they're gonna do.
2: Here's here's what's happening with Dalton Schultz, and I've thought about this in my in my own life. It's a good analogy. I don't know how much either of y'all will relate to it, but because uh, I mean, you're you know, you you just had a kid. You've been you're married, but it reminds kids and you have you have kids <laughs> yeah. too. No, but I'm. It's about it's a relationship thing. That's yeah. why I say that. Yeah. But it reminds me of like when you're dating. And you make yourself like way too available, and you're just like, you text back immediately, like every time. And the other person is like, maybe they don't. Like, maybe they leave you on red for like 12 hours or whatever. <laughs> and Dalton Schultz is like, screw you guys. Like, I'm 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 not answering you. I'm I'm gonna leave you on red for a couple days and see how you like the return treatment. That's what's happening. The problem is there's like unless the cowboys just want to sign him to a new deal they don't have to care that's really that's the problem he signed the tag so he doesn't have any true leverage but i think he's just saying like hey i don't have to answer your texts every time like i don't have to and i'm not going to oh, right okay
1: now. we got this other chicks yeah. and yeah, these other chicks no, are going to no, take advantage like said, from the field even sure. though they're not at the same level like i said but,
2: he yeah. doesn't have any true leverage but i just think dalton schultz is saying hey Over here, I would like for you to at least offer me a contract. Like, I would like for you to at least act as if you want me here. That would be nice. And thats I don't think that's been happening, and I think that's what he's doing.
1: So next week, minicamp will be... That's mandatory. You have to be. They here. will
2: fine him like a hundred grand if he's not here. Like yeah. I would be shocked if Debo Samuel's going to Niners camp. There's no way Dalton Schultz isn't going to be here for that, mm. and he's not going to hold out of training camp. That's I kind of bristled when you said hold out because there's no way he'll hold out. It's fifty thousand dollars a day to hold out in under the new CBA. There's no way, mm. especially, and Dalton's a fourth round pick. Who, yeah, he's guaranteed this. Uh, franchise tag money but that's still like giving up 50 grand a day I mean that's starting to be hundreds of thousands of dollars if you miss all of camp and then just to hypothetically say he misses a game that's like 600 thousand like he ain't doing that yeah that's when you start
3: I've always been told a holdout really doesn't start until you start missing game checks the thing about the fines for training camp and I don't know if, if this is just one team or one coach or I don't know if the Cowboys do this a lot But a lot of times you start, you find someone for missing camp or OTA or mini camp or whatever. And then when the deal comes out, like, all right, you coming in tonight, we're going to get this thing done. All right. How much is this fines? Like, can we just squash it? He'll be there tonight. He'll be and and Sometimes those fines do just
2: go away. I don't think they can anymore. Like the CBA, the owners like really came down on this. I'm almost positive. The new CBA rules stipulate that like holdout fines can't be forgiven anymore. Okay. I didn't I need to double check that but I'm like 99% sure like they really the new CBA killed holdouts unless you are the type of player that can afford to lose that type of money yeah. like you know if if for some reason Dak wanted to hold out he could but somebody like Dalton Schultz can't well
3: and let's talk even further about this. In the last week or so, there has been another tied-in contract that's happened. Yeah. And, and I'll let you say his name because this one that I always butcher.
2: David Njoku. Njoku. Um, from where? Cleveland? Uh, he's with the Browns. Browns.
3: So 14 a year? Ish, yeah. I mean, but it's, it's one of those deals where it doesn't it, it, it won't be – it'll probably be a two-year deal.
2: Right. They can get out of it. So. And, and- – Over the last two years, Dalton Schultz – David Njoku was a first-round pick out of Miami. He's an incredibly athletic guy. He's like the classic case of the – like Evan Ingram, like the enticing athletic downfield threat. Has not really materialized. He's been all right. I don't think he's been worth where he was drafted. Dalton Schultz has accomplished more than him the last two years. So I'm sure he and his people are like, well, if Njoku's getting $28 guaranteed, where's the the love? Like, come on. Um, And so, I mean, this really and truly completely comes down to the Cowboys. Like, if they want to sign Schultz, and I bet you they wouldn't break, like, they wouldn't sign him to the top of the market. But if they want to sign him to a deal like that, they can. And if they want to say, no, (laughs) show up for training camp, we don't care. That they can do that too. And I don't Dalton doesn't have a whole lot of wiggle room. You know, I just think he's sort of saying it's just it's sort of like a silent protest. Like, I don't have to do my chores if I don't want to, mom and dad. I know you will take my car away, but (laughs) I'm not gonna do it. Like it's just one of those things.
1: That's what I was gonna ask you, Nick. Other than than Dave's analogy of (laughs) dating and all that. That was a good one though. Yeah. Yeah,
2: you're right. Like if, if I did that to a girl, she'd be like, cool, there's like 18 other guys, bro. I don't care. I don't care if you don't text me back.
1: Well, other than that, and, and us all agreeing that he's basically going to show up next week mm-hmm. in a training camp and everything like that, is there any other kind of explanation? Because when you put it all and lay it all out on the table, really the Cowboys, like, That doesn't create any pressure on the Cowboys whatsoever and they're going to do what they're going to do. But do you find any other type of meaning or reason as to why it's even beneficial for him to think that he should not be here this week?
3: I think if you get told, you know, over and over or, or, you know, by your agent, this is an agent driven thing. This is the agent wants this done And, and it's the agent's job to get him the most money. And so I, I agree with what Dave said. I didn't go so far with the whole analogy, but, but the whole part about I'm, I'm over here. You know, like I'm not going to make this easy for you. You know, if you're going to punch me in the face, I'm not going to give you the glove. You know, to punch me. I mean, just just I'm not going to help you. You're going to do what you're going to do. And 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 I think. You know, it doesn't hurt the Cowboys, though. Okay, so Jake Ferguson gets more snaps with the ones? I mean, that's what we wanted to see if he could do anyways. So I don't think it's really... He'll be back when he has to be. It's just one of those deals. They're going to... They're going to talk this through. I, I think they want to get a deal done, but they've never been – real quick, the Cowboys have never really been intimidated by the one team, and it's usually the Raiders, but it's the one team that throws out there and sets a market and says this is this is what tight ends are worth when they're like, no, I'm sorry. I mean, the Browns, you want to pay Joku that? Fine, but that's not what we feel like is the market, and we're not going to just be pressured into say, well, looks like we have to be better than that because
2: they don't right now. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. yeah, I like that's it, it completely comes down to what the Cowboys want to do. And I said that on I said it when I heard that he was missing this week, I said it on Twitter it was like I'm A okay with Dalton getting a deal like Njoku's. Like I don't think Dalton Schultz should set the tight end market. But if the Cowboys he's a high character guy, he is a valuable target for Dak. Dak loves him. The the numbers speak for themselves over the last two years in terms of like and, I mean, if you want to call him a safety blanket, that's fine. But, like, that's a valuable thing. I mean, that's what Jason Witten was for half of his career. It's funny you
3: said that about Witten. St- this is a line that I said probably 12 or 13 years ago when Witten was trying to get his first deal. He was, a young, he was 20 years old when he got here. And it was like, well, he's, he's 24 years old and he's made three Pro Bowls. And I'm like, well, you better sign him now, you know, because the next year he's going to be 25-year-old with four Pro Bowls. And so you can the Cowboys have to be careful because who else is going to play receiver for this team? Yeah, I mean Schultz is going to probably get eighty catches, so now he's going to have three straight years of sixty-five plus. I'll
2: tell and you right that now,
3: money could even be higher than that.
2: As long as he stays healthy, knock on wood for him. Like his market's going to be. I mean, he would have he would have signed a fourteen million dollar a year deal mm-hmm. in the in, in the spring if they hadn't tagged him. No doubt in my mind. So, yeah, and that like if you can get him to a deal. That puts him in the top five. The David and Joku deal is perfect because again, it's like a two-year deal. You're basically saying we'll pay you 14 million for two years instead of 11 for one. What's wrong with that? Yeah, right. That sounds great to me. And then it gives you time to see what you have in Jake Ferguson. They've got the space. The Lyle money. The Lyle Collins money kicked in. I don't yeah. think that would be a big deal. And it, I think it just comes down to what they want to do because they don't have to. They don't. I mean, that's the bottom line. Um, I think it's interesting though and i do to go back to your point too is like i i think dalton already kind of showed his hand as far as what he's about when you think about the fact that like he signed the tag immediately he's been here through the rest of this he was talking to me last week about how he called ferguson immediately to tell him what to expect and what's going on like this you know he's not trying to be a jerk he's just very, he's doing the bare minimum in terms of like trying to get his contract. That's basically it. Like, I you bet think, you think his, Witten called him. No, all due respect to Jason <laughs> Witten, but no. well, actually, Witten wasn't even on the team. That's a weird that's, thing to that, think about. That's true. Witten wasn't. I wrote a story about this last week and I was like, oh, yeah, Witten wasn't here when Schultz showed up because he took that year off.
1: Mm. Um,
2: so no, I definitely don't think Witten called. Schultz, Jarwin, and and Swain, Jeff. Swain. yeah, like it was so funny because he's like, you know, there was a standard when I came in here. Jeff Swain set the standard. Blake Jarwin set, and I was like, oh, no. that sounds no, weird. no, Montel, they didn't. That's right, not
1: how we do. it. I was it. like, I think
2: the standard was somebody else, but he, I guess he wasn't here that year. Yeah. Well, but. on
1: that note, let's go ahead and take our first break. When we come back. I don't think we've had, I, I, keep, I keep losing track of when things happen when we only have one show a week, but I think we have to talk about last week's practice and some of the things that did highlight that mm-hmm. practice after
0: this break. At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it for turning your living room into your office and your gym. We're teaching Grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T is giving everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network's busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare
2: brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black?
0: Back to the break.
3: Whether you're watching from home, cheering from the stands, Essler lenses let you see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essler experts and find the perfect Essler lens for you. See more, do more. Essler, and just a reminder, this second segment is brought to you by blockchain.com.
1: Welcome back to the break. Um, let's go ahead and talk about last week's practice and some of the things, if you guys remember, because it's been it's, a while.
2: I love the off-season schedule because it's lit- it's less of a time commitment. But I'm also like, ah, oh, like happened? not only what happened, but it's <laughs> like, well, can't we just talk about tomorrow's practice tomorrow? But that'll have to wait until yeah.
1: We'll just, we'll yeah. wait till well, then. We can talk
2: about the but, tight ends that uh, will be there. Yeah. Have a, I'll have a close eye on 48 and 49 tomorrow. You know, I'll you, tell you that. You know what? What uh,
3: it happens with other positions. Sometimes it happens with like a backup guard or or a second running back. And I think the second tight end is going to be set here. And I think every other, the other tight ends. I mean, I, I just think Sprinkle is going to be the second guy because he does more than what McEwen. Unless Ferguson can show that he's a he's a much better blocker. But I just think that what Sprinkle provides as a blocker is going to keep him there. And then the other pass catchers are going to be like the first one and the
2: third one. You know what I mean? I do. Yeah, I, okay. Yeah, I, I was... Like, like, I was disagreeing with you, but when you said that, I Schultz agree. is
3: for for last. Schultz, week. Schultz is one. Sprinkle is, Sprinkles Sprinkles is the
2: blocking guy, and, and then th- Schultz
3: is out, and someone's going. Sprinkle's going to stay number two, and it'll be Ferguson or McEwen.
2: Yeah, that's and what I think will happen. I think that makes a lot of sense because I mean I know he caught two touchdowns in an OTA the other day, but like Sprinkle's not.
3: Twenty-two guys scored last year, and he couldn't yeah. get one. <laughs> Sprinkle's. I don't.
2: don't need, he couldn't have had more than two catches last year if he even had any. He caught them at Arkansas. That's, hey, It he was pretty good. Woo pig, baby. Um, right.
3: You know, I didn't mention that when the you know, baseball, but I
2: mean. I mean, the whole SEC except for LSU is basically in the super regionals. So yeah, I got like, a
3: little bit of flack from the tweet that I said of, you know, like yeah. I'm okay with these Cowboys losing in the playoffs. Mm, but, I mean, it's true. Too What's soon. What's wrong with that? Not really. <laughs> no. Nah. Too soon. It's yeah. been 20 years, seven years. Oh, well, I was thinking like since January, but yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it, 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 there's been a lot of playoff losses by the Cowboys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I just went back to the notes from last week just to have a quick reminder. And I think that the the one thing, the only thing that really stood out mm-hmm. from the whole practice was Tyler Smith and what he did compared to the previous week, week, which he was with the second team, getting some reps in there. And this time around, he got more work, and he was both at left tackle, left yeah, guard, they started, getting some makes in there.
2: They started cross-training him
3: last week. And that, I mean... You and I saw the play. I would. I would think only five or six people in the of all that they were well, watching Micah. saw the play. I don't want to. Because no one else was
2: talking about it. I don't think. No, but I saw it. And that's I mean, I don't want to get too hyped in the offseason, but they put Tyler Smith last week was his first week at tackle. Like they they only worked him at guard at the rookie camp in the first week or two last week. They put him at tackle. He did. He played first team like they had him. He played a little bit of first team guard next to Tyron, and then he would flop with Tyron on the first team left tackle reps. And they lined Micah up against him. One. on. I mean, it wasn't one on one, but it was a you know, it was an isolated opportunity stonewalled him. Uh. Just Micah tried to he took like a wide corner and came around and put his body into it and Tyler was just like, Nope. You're gonna sit right here. You're gonna stay right here. You're not gonna move any further. And like and that's like it wasn't like, you know, he didn't ride him out of the pocket. He didn't like just sort of get in the way like he just and boom. Like just stopped he him. him and the
3: best part is the very next play, Tyron came in and just Bumped him down to guard. Now he's at guard, and he's and he's, you know, and they tried to did some kind of inside rush, and it wasn't anything spectacular. I mean, nobody got by him, but I mean, it wasn't really a, a like a big blitz or anything like that. But it just shows, hey, you know, you're going up against the best the Cowboys have right here. Now you're moving positions and you're sliding here. I mean, a lot, his head's got to be spinning, but it seems like he's handling it.
1: Is it a good thing to have him doing those kind of switching back and forth or? Should him should they just pin him down? Okay, You're well, Tyron gonna be Smith a was
3: supposed to uh, hit last night. He was one of the hitters at the home run derby, and he did not do that. I don't know why. Uh,
2: back tightness? If somebody
3: just said that's a good idea, or maybe just like,
2: well, you've been dealing with back tightness. Right.
3: Why aggravate it? All I'm saying is, yeah, I think it's good in this case because your left tackle you just can't count on. It. It's not an if he gets hurt. It's
2: just when for how long. Especially, too, I think this gets lost a lot. We're not practicing for the season right now. That's not what they're doing. They're installing the offense. This is the time that Tyler Smith should be doing this. It's like, hey, these are our slides. These are our schemes. These are our protections. Yes, I think he should be doing this, especially right now. Two weeks before the season starts, (laughs) maybe focus on what we want you to play. But here, now, when we're installing the offense and what we want – all of our players to understand. Yes, I think he should be doing as much as he can handle, and it seems like he can handle a lot based on what we've seen so far. What's next on the docket here? Because I've got some. I could go story time. <laughs> Nick is like, I, <laughs> I could nuke this segment if you want me. Yeah, to.
3: just I could take it. and I, it'll, It might steal from your three, but go ahead. Okay, this I'm going to tell the second part of that that Micah story, that which takes me to another thing. But after that play. Micah went to the left side. See, I didn't see this, but you did. Micah went to the other side. This is like two plays later. And Terrence Steele, he had him going one way. He went back in. He basically threw Terrence Steele to, to the ground with one hand, like Reggie White did to Larry Allen back in the day. I mean, just got him kind of rocking, went the other way, threw him down. You could tell. I mean, he was just not happy about it. And so, you know, hey, if you can't work over here, go over here and throw Terrence Steele around. Now, I don't want fans to be saying, all right, got it. So so now Tyler needs to be playing right tackle since Ter- you know. No, Terrence Steele will be fine. But, but Micah Parsons, when you get pissed off, you can, you know, do some different things. That that takes me back to another story, 2008. So this is, this is a while ago. But in the last year, I mean, in the last week, we obviously have lost another Player from the Cowboys family here in Mary and Barbara. Sure, um, and and I know that a lot of fans loved him. They they did. I mean, just the way he played, and just you know, the name, the dreads. It was, flame, it was just the way it was so awesome to watch. There was a there was a practice in two thousand eight. Hard knocks was in. And Chris Chris Beam. He might remember this. He might have even shot it. But there was a blocking drill, and I think the guy's name was like Terry and George or some some linebacker. They did this drill. It was running backs were supposed to go up and block. This guy made a move and and Barber whiffed. And they got to the quarterback and every defensive player was yelling and screaming and all that. It was like, oh, my God. And this is big, bad Marion who just made the Pro Bowl the year before. This is not supposed to happen. Marion just very quietly is like, run it again. Guy runs it again. Marion gets his head right up under the chin Terry and George went to sleep for about forty-five minutes. I mean, got him so good, knocked him to the ground on the block. It's like, all right, well, you didn't beat me that time. Chris, do you remember this play at all, or do you remember that? I think
2: I remember a little bit about it. Yeah, it was just
3: kind of like, oh, they got Marion, and Marion was like, oh, watch this, and just and when that play happened, you know, that it was weird because that happened on Thursday. Yeah, and then, and and I was thinking back to. That reminded me of Marion, and you know Marion had just passed the, the night before tragically, and and you know with with Marion, this is really sad, but I don't think it was a major surprise. Even though and that's really sad to say at the age of thirty eight, but yeah. I know his life wasn't. He was going downhill, and there are some of his teammates were worried about him. Um, so it's you know, and it's you know, it's it's hard to celebrate and say how awesome he was as a runner and all that stuff because. Maybe some of that stuff led to you know where he was. So it's, sure. it's hard to just. But he was a he was he was a fun player to watch, and he has the greatest two yard run in the history of the Cowboys. <laughs> Which Chris Beam, I know you you got a good shot there with it. Yeah. It's Supposed to be a safety. <laughs>
2: he just kept going out. I've watched that play more times than I can count. It's funny. It's I've I've told I've talked about this before, but like it's funny to think about things. Um, Like from my life, like before I was a Cowboys writer, yeah. you know, and like, you know, I remember Marion Barber as a Cowboys player and I remember that he was good. But for me, I think about Minnesota because him and uh, Lawrence Maroney were in the same backfield. Oh, yeah. Like, unstoppable. Like, Minnesota was a force in the Big Ten, which is a weird thing to say. Like, And they literally just handed the ball off, like, every every snap. Like, that's how good those two guys were. I like Bill Parcells was quoted, and Romo said something similar, too. He was
3: almost a perfect player, which is hard to to imagine that, especially a guy who goes in the fourth round. Also, but he could run, block, catch. You know, he he did everything. He had no interest in talking to the media. Yeah. No interest at all. Another funny story, I don't remember her name, but there was a girl. She was from, she spoke Spanish. I don't even know if she spoke English. And she, she would always show up at media days. I forgot her name. But she was like, you know, there for, 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 for the looks and all that and go to get the interview. And they brought her in to talk to Marion because Marion wasn't going to talk to any reporters. But they're like, we'll get Marion to talk. And so the PR sets it up. This is outside the locker room, and Marion was like, "No, I'm not doing an interview." They're like, no, it's with it's with her. And he was like, "Yeah, I'm not doing the interview. Thank you." I'm like, "No, nah, good try." So you know what? Even he stuck to his guns. Even they brought in the heavy hitters, and it didn't work out.
2: I respect the consistency. Yeah, I respect it. Uh, oh, I was gonna say, I mean, Bill Parcells is the dictionary definition of like the hard ass coach mm-hmm. who doesn't have anything good to say about anybody. So. That's especially high praise. Yes, you know, yeah. Uh, so,
1: it's very cool. I, I obviously did not know anything about him prior to this. I've I've heard about him, not really seen the way he played or anything. So, the sad news brought up obviously a lot of highlights and a lot of things from his career, and it, I mean. At someone, as someone new with fresh eyes looking at at a player that I've never seen before, I was very impressed and was mm-hmm. like, "Wow, okay, no wonder, no wonder why, so many people were high, like very, very fans of him, including people in Mexico. You guys know I cover mm-hmm. all the Spanish stuff, but it was surprising to see how much love he also was getting from. Everyone in Mexico and how much, how many fans and people actually kept up with his career. I
3: bet you, I, you know that. Yeah, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. That 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 you know, he was a fan favorite for everyone. But I mean, I I can I can definitely see that you know, just just somebody that just a hard worker, and because that's what he was. I mean, he was he was one of those lunch pail guys. You did not hear a lot of talking. He didn't he didn't do that. He didn't he didn't enjoy that.
2: Well, there's that just part. something to be said too for like. You know what's the old Brian Brodus quote? Like, here we go, run it, run it right up your rear. Like, I mean, <laughs> everybody loves that guy. You're like third and one. Oh, we're getting it. I'm yeah. Not even worried about it. We got it. Can't. Everybody stop, loves yeah. that guy.
0: Just stick it right up your rear. There here we go. Here we go. Right.
2: Thank you, Brian. <laughs>
3: <laughs> now, and, and, and unfortunately, this has been a, a crazy summer where this is this stuff has happened a lot. Oh whether God. it be Gary Brown, the uh, former running backs coach, and um Larry Lacewell and and, and Miss Marilyn uh, Jerry's assistant and Rayfield Wright and, and I apologize if I oh well you know you know what started it all and 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 I uh, Dan Reeves passed away on January the 1st That's right and I still talk I still talk to his uh, son-in-law um uh, Jody Camilla son, um, he's with the Rams we still talking I, I said you know this, he died on January 1st 2022 like we should have known this was going to happen this year was going to be like that so there's been a lot of those. I knew
2: it had been a bad year but like when you lay it all out like that it's yeah. it's hard to believe wow
1: yeah well it's hard to transition from this conversation into something else but um kind of have to do but, it um, and I don't want to make this sh- whole show about Micah Parsons either but there was a cool quote that he he had uh, this past week and it was in reference to the Marcus Lawrence and the comments that he had made um, about sex and the record and all that and Micah basically came out saying yeah I mean he can take a he can do his thing and do all that and let him be him but if he does, He gets ten sacks. That's because I got twenty sacks. 20, yeah. So um, a little, very nice competition back and forth. There was, which is something you love to see. You love to see in this kind of game in the team. But I just wanted to talk a little bit, not necessarily about Micah Parsons, but Demarcus Lawrence. And I've seen some comments here on Twitter in regards to him and kind of what he's looking like or what could happen with him this year, as far as you know. How much productivity and, and how much impact can he make this year?
2: It's fun to think that – and obviously, I mean, the, there's still – there's a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. But, like, this is the first time in my time covering the team where it feels like the, like the balance of badass talent is flipping over to the mm. defense. Yeah. Like, it was – I mean I th- th- so I got here in 13 so like I missed those much more complete defenses that had where you had like Ware and Spencer and Ratliff and mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah I missed yeah. those guys so I got here and I had like one year of Demarcus Ware and Ten Slappies, and then yeah, and then yeah. I mean George and he was
3: the best of the of that group,
2: right? And then then it, and then I mean it's easy to forget. Like Demarcus Lawrence had a slow start to his career, so then it was Sean Lee and Ten Slappies. If Sean Lee was healthy, (laughs) then Demarcus Lawrence. Sorry, Barry. Oh, sorry, Barry. You know I love you. You know what I mean. (laughs) You know what I mean. Yeah. uh I mean you know Barry Barry Church was a good player Orlando Skandrick was a good player but not all pros yeah uh and so then then it was Demarcus Lawrence and sort of a middling amount of talent and now Demarcus Lawrence you could argue that he's the third best player on the defense yeah that's kind of crazy it is um yeah and so it's just it's fun to think you've, about
3: you've got a guy that made an all-Pro f- three years ago that's not you wouldn't even say he's in the top five of their defense and that's Layton Vanderish. yeah you know mm-hmm. I mean, even think about and that he's got a you know he's trying to turn things around too but but Jay, Jay Ron one curse you know he's
2: he's battling for that top five spot it's way easier for me to sell myself on being excited about the defense than, than yeah. the offense right now
1: oh for sure
2: um and Tank
3: missed so much last year, you know, and like he, he he played one game with with Micah, but Micah wasn't he wasn't anything like he is now. In that first game against Tampa, um, hopefully that's what Tom Brady thinks, you know, is like oh well, that Parsons is not, if he goes on that tape, but right. he, he he knows that that's a different player. And and then Demarcus missed so much time after that, and they came back, and you know it was pretty good. But I think a healthy Tank. And, and Parsons even being more versatile and doing so many things, that that could be something that we, we haven't seen yet. I'm excited Which, about that.
2: I mean, I, I love Tank. I will continue to defend him. He's a way better player than a lot of people want to give him credit for. But he... Uh, he's up against it when if you're trying to compete with this guy, and it's not just because he's a freak, but it, like Demarcus Lawrence plays left end, like he's gonna he's got to do a lot of that dirty work. He's good at it. You can double team him. He does move around a little bit, but he's not Micah Parsons. I mean, like literally, the whole point of Micah Parsons is that Dan Quinn is going to scheme him to take advantage of the mismatch, right? And so. Good luck competing with that because it's like, well, we need you over here because you're on the strong side of the formation. They're probably going to try to run this way. Tight end's going to chip you. Maybe you can get to the quarterback. And with Micah, it's like, ah, we're going to blitz you through the A-gap this time. Or we're going to bring you over here because – Who was the tackle he abused against the Chargers? Storm Norton. Like, uh, this guy sucks. So go over here and D Law. You can deal with the actually good tackle. Like that's the type of stuff that's gonna happen.
3: Yeah, and it's so so you're not gonna win. Yeah, you're not gonna win the sack total by doing that. It's a
2: good problem to have for the Cowboys. I'll take Micah to win that competition every time. With all due respect.
1: And either way, we've seen at practice how Micah is currently practicing with both. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Positions, so
1: linebackers, and also defensive ends. So he's That's, he's getting all both sides. And
2: the the I think the reason why Leighton won the home run derby, I mean Micah like it looked like a real it looked like real BP. Like he was just bombing away and like working up a sweat. He trotted around the bases. And then by like this they do three rounds. By the second round, I was like, oh, he's gassed. Yeah. He like he wore himself out. So there were like a lot of there were a lot more pop ups and like hitting the cage. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Layton's like Jason Garrett just lacing singles all day long, <laughs> not overexerting Which is what himself. what happened
3: in the media game. Kyle was, was bombing him the way yeah. early, too. And then, you know, didn't, then the guy that won just was, you know, steady Eddie and
2: just, I don't it. care. Like, The home
3: run derby is supposed to you're supposed to be hitting
2: the way back there. Give me the five if if I can. You're like you can hit one 500 foot bomb or like 12 decent. Give me the bomb. Give me the one. Like we'll be talking about him. That's what we're talking about. Like one of the my personal hero, my favorite baseball player ever is King Griffey Griffey. Junior. He, like, you know, the triple against the Yankees, he scores from first to advance in the ALDS. Way more than any of that stuff, way more than any of the real home runs he hit, people remember when he hit the warehouse in the home run derby yeah. and at Camden Yards. Camden Yards, He hit the yeah. freaking warehouse, and that's well, what people remember. And they also remember that,
3: you know, they, he took his hat backwards. Well, that's, yeah. It was like, yeah. oh, what's wrong with disrespecting the games? Like, this is how he wore his hat.
2: Coolest baseball player ever. Yeah. Yeah. Ken Griffey Jr.,
3: he was he was pretty awesome well, if he had that upper deck rookie card. <laughs> I had a couple, but I don't have them anymore, which oh, I, I did. That's <laughs>
2: devastating. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways.
3: Well,
1: let's go ahead and take our final break. When we come back, um, I've been seeing a couple of questions in regards to can there be any more players added to this roster to help the Cowboys yeah. this year?
2: Back
3: to the
0: break.
3: Registration is open for Dallas Cowboys Youth Academy Camps presented by Invisalign. I don't know why that word always messes me up. Invisalign. Let's try that again. Registration is open for Dallas Cowboys Youth Academy Camps presented by Invisalign. Don't miss the chance to learn from former Dallas Cowboys players such as... I, oh, Danny yeah. McRae. Oh, oh, Dan Daniel. And current Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders such as... No, I'm just kidding. Okay, uh, I was visit, like, <laughs> I definitely don't know that. Visit dallascowboys.com slash academy to learn more and sec- to secure your
2: spot today in the youth camps. Invisalign. Danny does have a wonderful smile. Just lights up a room for anybody he that was curious. He's a he survivor. Does. True.
1: <laughs> All right, well... Uh, free agency and this thing that people keep asking about me. I keep waiting for some. I mean, I was waiting some, for some kind of splash, but my ankle never even got a drop of water on them. Like, I got no water touching my feet at all from free agency. That was terrible, but whatever. Um, but yeah, the question is is there anybody? Can the Cowboys bring somebody, somebody else to come in here? Um,
2: what are we typing in here? Free
1: agent? <laughs>
2: well, Names? I'm, I'm going to the database, but I'm going to ask my favorite question, and it it's important, but can or will? Can can they or will they? Because those are two different – of
1: course I, I they guess, can. Yeah, there's always a can. Of course they sure.
2: can.
3: Um, will
1: they? You know
3: – go ahead. I just don't – I agree with you. I don't think that they, they have the interest to do that. I don't think that they, they're seeing – the issues right now. And even if they see it, I think that they you know, this is the time where you want to see if if, you know just give me a position. Like uh receiver. You know they're all working on the side over here. Jalen Tolbert's not even practicing all the way. He might this week, but I think he's Dak said last night that he's back. Okay. So he he'll be back, but but you know, Gallup isn't. I don't think James Washington will be. So do you go get a, a wide receiver or do you say Let's just see if 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 we're ever going to see if Simi Fahoko and T j. Basher and Noah Brown, who's also missed some time, if they're gonna do it, they'll do it right now. And then these veterans will still be there. It may not be the, the veteran that's the top of the list right now because they, they'll getting, they're will they getting signed, but then there'll be other guys cut. I just think that they're going to say, let's
2: figure out what we have here and don't have progress stoppers. And if we really need to go get them, then we'll go get it. Which that's the timing is everything too. And I think it's what I was talking about earlier. Like you're installing the scheme right now. Like you are trying to get everybody up to speed with what you're going to ask them to do at training camp. So you're, Teaching guys, you're giving them reps. They're to answer the question more directly. They're not going to bring somebody in right now. There's four practices left out of yeah. eight or however many it is, eight or nine. Uh, they're more than halfway through this process. They're just like, again, we're trying to teach this stuff to guys. Like you're not, you're going to be behind the eight ball. You're not really going to be. Like we don't, and and if you're in a if you're a super established vet, I'll just use the name Julio Jones just as an example. Like Julio Jones doesn't need to come in here for four off season practices. If you were going to do that, you could do it in July. And we've actually the name I keep thinking about this when we talk about it is they signed Malik Hooker like two days after we got to camp. Yeah. Um. So I mean they they've shown a willingness to do that, and so I think you evaluate these guys, you see how they practice you see how much you trust their knowledge of what you're asking them to do, then if you don't feel good about it, you can go do something. So um,
1: we're, let's say we're headed to camp already. And, and Do I think <laughs> they
2: will sign a guy between now and when the team lands in Oxnard? God, that,
3: what were you going to say? They,
2: is, they're headed to camp?
1: I was going to say, let's say we're headed to camp, and regardless of what they might do or whatever, you guys' personal opinion, is there a position that you would like them For them to sign other than kicker, because kicker is the one position that you can see, obviously, them bringing a guy in uh, for competition, especially. But is there another position where you guys would like at least one more body at it?
2: I mean, yes, if um, if he is agreeable to sign for a not crazy salary, I would love to add Anthony Barr to this team. And I, I mean, I know for a fact that that's a name that they've talked about. That's probably why he's on my mind. Mm. Um, yeah, I. I think the fans want, and they probably are
3: expecting me to say, but I think the fans want J C. Treader, the center. Yeah, you know. But I just don't. If you're installing right now, but he's he's an interesting, he's interesting uh, case because. His whole stance is is we don't need off season, you know he yeah. he we don't need an off offseason program and he's trying to get all the teams to adopt that so there's no way he's going to sign with anyone and go into their off season I mean he doesn't believe that it's happening so his agent's probably like all right we're going to sign with whoever I just don't think the Cowboys are gonna are gonna go that route I mean I, I think that they're they're thinking biotish we've we've developed young tackle young lineman we're going to develop him some more and.
2: So I don't think that one works, and that's I mean, try, like I'm I'm not ready to say Josh Ball, Matt Wallesco, and maybe Tyler Smith are the insurance options at tackle, but like the options are not wonderful. I guess uh, Daryl Williams, Daryl Williams is a guy that I would be interested in. I think Dwayne Dwayne Brown retired. I mean he's thirty six years old anyway. Um, Something's gonna happen at receiver though. I I, I think I. Unless you're willing to sign Julio, the list does not inspire me, to be honest. I guess Will Fuller's still out there. Emmanuel Sanders is thirty-five years old. Cole Beasley. <laughs> just Cole Beasley, no thank you. I'm sorry. I just why why do we need to nobody asked for a sequel to that movie. Um
1: <laughs> That would cause some drama for sure. So
2: some attention on the media. Yeah, that's I okay. other than like Julio Jones and Will Fuller. I don't know.
1: Let me ask you something completely different than this. But this is something that I battle with mentally a lot, just trying to create some kind of understanding of a lot of things that happen here with the team. And something that drives me nuts in my mind is like certain things in general that you see us talking about a lot. They're like, oh, they're bad at this, or they need to do this or do that. There are many, many things that we can point out but they don't see it that way. Or at least what they do doesn't reflect any kind of recognition of the things that outside people talk about a lot. A lot of the media, a lot of ourselves. And there are very rare cases where they are right. For example, Terrence Steele. That's something that we, I mean, we killed him for it and we killed them for it. But it ended up turning out well last year. But in general, that doesn't tend to be the case. And the Cowboys put themselves in certain positions of, like, kind of their backs against the wall, in a way. Because, for example, free agency, they always wait t- kind of towards the end. They think they got what they need and all that. And then we keep seeing problems or holes or whatever where there needs to be some kind of change, but we don't see them making it. So I'm, I'm just—it drives me nuts because I'm trying to understand, okay, what is it that they're seeing? And I'm talking in, as a general term overall of, of all the issues that— they still have on the team. But I can't find any kind of understanding of what do they see that we don't see. Well, I,
3: I think you kind of – I think you sort of answered it there. They, what if they would have brought in an offensive tackle, a veteran, two years ago, and, and maybe they would have helped win a game or two? But Terrence Steele wouldn't be the guy that's replacing Lyle Collins. So I think that the fear, and this is not just the Cowboys; this is every team. It's balancing. You've got 90, 91 players on this roster. They got ninety one guys here, or, or they have ninety. Actually, they have ninety guys, and they want to make sure that they're all getting an opportunity to do what they signed them to do. And so, just you can't just knee jerk every single time and go, "Well, they don't have a wide receiver that I've ever heard of." So what are they doing? Like this is the time to wait. And let these young wait. guys develop. But but let Caps, these young I'll guys wait. let these guys develop Highline. though. What if the Ontario Drummond's a really good player? What if he's a good player? You're not gonna know that if you sign Julio Jones and Will Fuller and all this stuff and I mean you're trying to develop yes, you have your top guys, but I just think I just think they're trying to l- let this roster breathe a little bit. And I I'm not defending them for I think that's that's the reason that that's what why they do it they they want to develop these young guys they're invested in it but with
1: every year there's a transition where you okay this guy develops but then you got to lose this other guy
2: i'm gonna say the same thing as nick but i'm gonna say it less nice uh first of all they think they're the smartest people in the room as all front offices do everybody that does this thinks they know better and like i always joke like when they find out that they're wrong, they just reframe it. And like, it, it's a bad idea until it's a good idea. Like like they were patting themselves on the back for trading for Amari Cooper. Cause it was a smart thing to do. It was a problem that they created, but they just reframe it until it's a good, like they're like, Oh man, good on us. for Forget he's 24 years old. He's already been to a pro bowl. We're so smart for doing this deal. It's Like, well, why'd you put yourself in that position? But that's what happens. They think they're the smartest people in the room on top of that. Jerry Jones gives this away every year. He's an eternal optimist. And I think the decisions of the front office are framed in that context. What did Jerry Jones say after the draft? He was like, well, we didn't know what we had in Micah at this time last year, and look what he did. And we think we're going to get that again. He might be right. He could totally be right. But that, like, but the decision-making is framed by a sense of glass-half-full optimism that's like, well, you don't even know what we got in the tank. It's Zach Martin... Tyler Smith is Zach Martin 2.0. You think, and they could be right, but they're not always right. Yeah. And so when they don't, when they don't hit on that sense of optimism, it creates problems. That's my answer. I've never like been
3: digging for oil, you know. But I imagine if I've ever, if you've ever hit, then, <laughs> then you're, yeah, you're always. Optimistic. And
2: and and I, I've never done it either. But I imagine you kind of have to approach it with the attitude of like the next one's but, the money maker, baby. Right. This is the one. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. But, you know, once you've uh, – if you've sunk 15 wells and all 15 of them have been dry, yeah, that ain't good either. Um, that's, that's my answer is optimism and then the normal sense of intellectual superiority that all front offices have in common.
1: Well, we'll let them have time to show us <laughs> this year again, every year. But, uh, um, I mean – when you talk about the law of what is it that you probability?
2: Yeah, law of averages. Okay. Law of
1: averages, that's, law of proba- see, probability. See, that's the difference. I mean. The
2: difference between me and them is they're like, we did this last year, that means we can do it again. And I'm like, you did that last year, that probably uh, oh, means shoot. you're not going to see it again. <laughs> yeah, it's going to
1: so, be
2: hard. <laughs> we'll see who's right.
1: No, we'll see. We'll see what kind of talent uh, develop, and we'll see what kind of happens uh, next week on mini camp. Especially at tight end. Let's see you, some yeah. of the players, what they do, and what Dalton Schultz decides to do, whether show up or not. That'll be news. Either way, thank you so much, guys, for joining in. Thank you for Nick Inman, David Hellman, and what?
3: Don't miss next week's show. Just it's our last one for the uh, for the off season, so don't miss it.
1: Yeah, very important.
3: It'll be a very important show. Don't miss it. News breaking. Hell yeah! I'm just saying, don't miss the show. It's our <laughs> last one.
1: All right. Thank you guys so much. This has been The Break on DallasCowboys.com radio.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!